Hello and welcome to our in-house recruitment podcast. My name is Natasha Preer-Cannon and this episode is brought to you by Indeed, the number one job site in the world with over 250 million unique visitors every month. Indeed strives to put job seekers first, giving them free access to search for jobs, post CVs and research companies. Every day, they connect millions of people to new opportunities. In this episode, I am joined by Moriara Camps at Amazon. Today, we are going to be talking through some of the key challenges, the opportunities and issues being faced in 2020 and beyond within in-house recruitment and talent acquisition. Most specifically, we'll be talking around talent attraction, retention and upskilling. Enjoy. I am joined today by the lovely Moniara Camp. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you'd like to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, that would be wonderful. So, yeah, thank you for um, welcoming me. Um, as you said, I'm looking after employer branding and talent attraction marketing at Amazon, um, where I'm, I'm responsible for the consumer org with a focus on tech. We live in a really consumer-led world right now, and there's a lot of digital noise, which... Um, after today's current climate, I don't think it's going to reduce an impact. It's probably just going to to increase. In this kind of environment and market, how do you stand out from the crowd against your competitors? First of all, it's it's really important to realise that people will will remember your brand based on how you treat your employees today um, and every communication um, that is that goes out externally around that so um, overall you can distinguish yourself by being candidate driven um, really thinking about what is the candidate expecting to see right now and for example in times of crisis um, the nuances of the brand voice um, are more delicate than ever so you know, you see all these different initiatives and brands that use this time to be commercially um, exploitative. Um, I would I would say that they will not fare um, well um, because people they feel vulnerable right right now, and I, I think that showing empathy is critical in that. Um, in general, I would say the goal that I have from an employer brand perspective is that I would like to get people to spend time with my brand. Um, and I think that that's also why um, many companies spend time to create original content right now. Um, so sharing real and relevant content um, makes people want to spend time with your brand, right? Because engagement is kind of the combination between time and attention. And I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm fully aware that this is easier said than done. Um, but if you look at how we approach it right now or how we approached it for the last you know few or over the last few years it's kind of connected with how we collect uh, that we collect data and we do research to find out you know what the future talents are interested in or what our current you know um, employees are interested in and uh, one of the examples is that we um you know, we found out that people want to know more about the working environment. So everybody started filming the offices and you have bean bags and ping pong tables and, and you know, everybody has an amazing office space all of a sudden, which is great. But this is not really how you can, you know, stand out um, from the crowd. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you ask me when it comes to 
how do you get that real content in? It is about capturing the emotion behind the answers. So, you know, data is really rational. And if you dig deeper um, and you start asking different questions, then you are able to get that real emotion. So if you ask a person, what do you like about your job? Then you get this kind of almost perfect polished answers like yeah I like the flexibility of my job or I have challenges in my job but if I ask you um, what why do you love your spouse then you won't answer yes um, I love the flexibility of my spouse you know that sounds really strange and it's also not um, you know the emotionally driven answer that you're looking for so I would say real content um, relevant content not only based on data but connected with emotion um, and that would be how I you know would say that you can um, stand out from the crowd. Um, we're also in quite a unique position so you mentioned content a little bit there uh, we're in a really unique position where at the moment we can have up to up to five generations in the workforce. So those five generations are consuming media in different ways. They're consuming it on different platforms and, and actually how, how they take that all in. So how do you get that content and that message out to such a wide range of talent? And how do you make sure that you're reaching the right people across the board? I get this question a lot. Um, and I think that, um, first of all, it is really important to remember that employees, regardless their you know generation, they share um, commonalities and differences, right? So um, it is really important to, to understand this, but also understand where your employees or your candidates are um, in their life path, um, you know, the responsibilities and the interests that they may have outside of the workplace. Um, so if you start with adapting your message to you know, the understanding, um, then the second thing would be to focus on um, the media uh, preferences of your target group. Um, and there's a lot of data that provides insights, uh, you know, into where the different age groups are online. So um, I would say understand the communication preferences. Um, also understand the media consumption differences within the age groups and um, where they are and the reason why they're using a specific channel. Uh, for example, why is um, you know, a millennial still on Facebook or why is an elderly generation now um, you know, kind of stepping into using Instagram? Um, not only thinking that they are there, but also thinking about why they visit those kind of you know, social media platforms in this specific example. DNI is obviously um, a big topic, um, generally speaking, but also for, for TA teams. Um, traditionally, or in some cases, attracting diverse talent can be quite flawed and biased um, and, and actually not that effective. So um, is a diverse talent pool on the agenda for you? Um, and, and what have you done so far? Diversity is definitely on the agenda. Um, I'm, if somebody asks me this question, I'm always really happy to answer because um, if you look at Amazon's mission, it is the mission to become Earth's um, most customer-centric company. And that mission basically um, is central to our work in diversity and inclusion, right? So 
Um, we have a lot of initiatives and um, I think that Amazon is a big believer in, in you know, working or paying attention to diversity and inclusion. Um, they really see that DNI teams have positive impact on our products or services, but they also help us to service customers better. So we should therefore also hire and attract these people. Um, and we have different initiatives, as I said before. So uh, we use central programs, work within our business teams um, on a local, regional or global level. Um, so a few examples of our actions are um, for, uh, building an inclusive culture. So we have 14 leadership principles um, that everybody kinds of, you know, connects with from the moment that we onboard them within the company. And these principles, they remind team members to seek for diverse perspectives. Um, you know, also um, it, it kind of helps with what you said, um, that traditional methods are flawed or, um, you know, ineffective or uh, biased. Um, so this is how we, I think, approach that on a team level. Besides that, we also track the representation of women and underrepresented racial and ethnic minorities. Um, so yeah, we have tons and tons of data and we act on this as well. Um, for example, by organizing events that are purely focused on um, uh, women in the tech space, just to give you a small example. Um, and as I said uh, previously, we have affinity groups. Um, so these are employee resource groups within Amazon, um, and they go across business teams, across locations, and make it possible for people to connect with each other. So the um, Amazon woman engineer is an example of that but we also have glamazon which is basically promoting lgbtq um and also uh, um you know parents at amazon we have um um veterans at amazon because we also hire a lot of people from the military um and we believe that you know all these people have uh, stories that they can share and you know, with each other and that they can connect with each other in this way and we try to facilitate that um, so it's a really big topic on the agenda and I'm really glad that we pay so much attention to it. And is there anything that you've got coming up on the in the DNI space that you know is a big project for you guys? Because I know um, it sounds like you're doing a lot already, but obviously DNI never stops. Um, yeah, never so stops, good, if there is anything else that you've got coming up that you're able to talk about, that'd be great. One of the things that I could share is that we're um, um, focusing on setting up events that connect with specific um diversity and inclusion groups and we do that throughout EMEA um not that we want to exclude others uh but purely because we want to make sure that these people are included um and have an opportunity to work with us or for us as well going back to the sort of the digital age that we live in and the consumer uh consumer world that we're currently in not giving customers or candidates um, that real-time feedback and real-time um, sort of engagement means that you're going to, to struggle as a business. Um, obviously, Amazon are, are pretty much at the forefront from a consumer uh, point of view. And um, so how do you stay abreast of, sort of digital transformation and keep potential candidates engaged and warm throughout the recruitment process? Great question. I um, 
I always say that employer brands can learn a lot from consumer brands or consumer branding. Um, and if you look at consumer branding, I think that there's a lot of studies um, that show that consumers at nowadays and also um, you know, on our own platforms, I guess, um, spend more money on the experience than they do on the actual goods. Um, therefore, um, the service economy is growing and people are changing their buying behavior, right? Um, so if we would take this approach of having a real-time experience and we convert that kind of into a candidate experience, one of my approaches would be to set up a strategy that facilitates this. So with that, I mean that it would be so awesome if you walk out of an interview or out of an office, or if you would end an interview virtually nowadays, um, that we can offer a similar experience when it comes to receiving the feedback um, for your interview or receiving the next steps in an app, for example, like you order an Uber or how you buy a product on Amazon. You know, if you order it, you get um, right after that, you get a message saying your package will be uh, dispatched at this and this time. You can receive it at this and this time. It's all around, you know, that expectation management, not per se on real time instant feedback all the time. It's more about communicating with your candidates. And if you look at consumers, everybody's super hyper connected, you know, nowadays, meaning that consumers are on multiple devices all the time and as a marketeer um, we used to have this omni-channel approach you know where we would focus on different channels different messages everything connected uh, certain funnel all good but I believe that we should um, we can learn and we should go for a more unified um, strategy where you know um, candidates connect with all the different channels at the moment they want to and we should design our um, processes and our systems to connect with that so if you if you look at you know um, experience oriented applications and how they are designed a designer things about what you want to do and not what the systems want you to do so if we take for example the candidate journey um, and we take the moments that matter to study what candidates want to do and then we build systems around that model to to you know to anticipate on their needs then that makes the world a lot easier and we come close to you know, managing these real-time expectations because I'm also fully aware that sometimes it's not even possible to to offer an app like Uber um, to, you know, to um, guide you through your recruitment or application process. So again, going back to that consumer digital age that we're living in, it's it's quite widely known and there's a lot of stats around, um, around this figure, but um, a high number and a high percentage of roles that we'll be hiring for in the next five years just don't exist at the moment. So the, the skills and the um, experience and what people need to know, especially within the tech sector, um, they're, just, they're just not here at the moment. So how do you try and find or attract talent for jobs that we've just never seen before? This starts with changing the narrative around what work is. 
Um, and I say this so confidently because I followed a session from a professor uh, from the Singularity University and he changed my perspective on this. So his statement is that work can be defined as a problem that needs to be solved by tasks that we perform connected with a skill set that we developed. So if we def um, if we bundle these tasks, you know, they become a process and people focus on the different tasks, which basically forms a job description. So um, this is basically where it starts. We, um, we can approach the challenge of finding talent for unknown jobs, if you ask me, in the following way. We should start recruiting um, by focusing on the problem that we solve within the job. If we do this, we still meet the demand of our stakeholders, um, but we approach the role in a different way. So um, by doing this, you match the demand with a certain experience that your um, candidate has, um, you know, if you're looking for a certain experience or experienced candidate, um, that the candidate has with solving similar problems and therefore also developed a certain skill set. So to summarize this part, you have the tasks and you have the problem and you have a certain experience is skill set. But besides this skill set that is developed connected with these tasks, there are also skills that a person has developed that can be used to solve other problems. And these skills are, so, are called um, transferable skills. So I would say that it's smart to hire and focus on hiring transferable skills. And with that, I mean, not only soft skills, but also skills that um, you currently see graduates focusing on. So for example, business strategy, problem solving, data analytics, research skills. Um, the, these are kind of, you know, type of skills that are also really useful in the tech space. And I think, you know, if, if companies make that shift, and on the other hand, the educational system helps people uh, with finding a way to understand what these or what their transferable skills are, um, you know, we're, we're able to make it work. Because also, I think that our future talent um, is maybe not even aware where they're talented, you know, in, because they're also, you know, they, they don't have any views on, on what the jobs will be like in the future so um yeah i would say an agile transferable skill recruitment approach if you would summarize it and um, modiara that was great thank you so much for your uh, for your insights and knowledge um and also for some of your um thoughts as well it'd be great to get the um the podcast or the the um professor that you listen to about that work environment it'd be great to get your recommendation on that one thanks i had a great time um happy to share um, my thoughts and um yeah any links or, or anything else that um, that could be useful um so hope this um this inspires people as well Thanks for listening, everyone. For more insights around in-house recruitment, talent acquisition, or even HR, do head over to our inhouserecruitment.co.uk website where we have a whole host of other resources and events for you to get stuck into.